Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. Hey guys, hope you're having a great day today. Thank you for tuning in. Today, I welcome Dr. 
Anne Bouchot, and she is a clinical psychologist in Northern California, where she works primarily with families going through divorce, working to keep families out of court and to begin a healing process. She's the author of The Parent's Guide to Bird Nesting, a child-centered solution to co-parenting during separation and divorce. And today, Dr. Bouchot and I talk about separation and divorce and how to navigate that with kids, particularly how to introduce a new partner and when to introduce a new partner to your kids if you've been separated or divorced. And this relates a lot to Sarah and I, and we've had to introduce new partners, each of us, to Stella, our daughter. And I'm always looking for ways to make sure we're doing it right and make sure that Stella is comfortable. I know if you guys are listening, going through similar situations, it's a bit nerve wracking because you're trying to develop a new relationship with a new partner and then you have your relationship with your kids and you want both to to go right and then the new partner is having feelings about meeting the kids and there's a lot going on. So Dr. Bouchot and I get into just a bit of it. There's so much to talk about and she blogs about it on her blog on psychology today. So lots of other topics are covered there. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Dr. Bouchot. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Today, we're going to talk about how and when to introduce a new partner after a divorce to your kids. And this relates to a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, and to Sarah and I. As our listeners know, Sarah and I are divorced now for over a year, and uh, we've done a few shows about navigating divorce, but never anything like this And as it pertains to kids, and I'm definitely interested. So why don't we start by having you tell us why this is an important thing for a divorced couple to navigate. And then we'll talk about the details of how and when to do it with the kids. Oh, sure. So it's an important topic to discuss when going through a divorce. Um, Parents should create a pretty good parenting plan during the divorce process. At minimum, that parenting plan is a schedule. But I often include a lot more in that parenting plan, and that would include things like when and how to introduce a new partner. Um, it's a, a divorce is a, a life crisis for parents. It's a tumultuous event for children, and the family being restructured is a takes some time for the children to adjust to. And bringing a new person in is another big, huge, tumultuous event for everyone, but particularly for children. So. Just for context for our listeners, Sarah and I's daughter, Stella, is she's currently almost seven. And when Sarah and I got divorced or first told her, um, actually, we, we had gotten separated before, but we first told her she was uh, just five. And I think obviously the age of a kid makes a huge difference for everything we're talking about. But she 
transition, you know, so far very well. And I think being five, she's not understanding a whole lot that's going on. Obviously, it, she she did know that a lot was changing and it, it did break my heart to, to have to tell her. And, you know, she'll still say some things like, you know, why don't we all live together anymore? And but it's rare and, and not often. And the same can be said for when Sarah and I have introduced new partners and it hasn't happened a lot and I think only officially once from each of us. But again, Stella being so young, it kind of has felt pretty seamless. So what are the things that we could make sure we're thinking about when we're, let's say, talking to Stella about new partners? But then I, I'd like you to also address the, the importance of recognizing how kids at different ages are going to react. Sure, sure. Um, well, there's a lot in that question. I know. Sorry, it was um, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Um, first of all, it sounds like you're doing a really nice uh, co-parenting job with Stella, that you are both um, obviously involved with her, attached to her, and she feels safe and secure with both of you. So that's that's excellent. Um, after a divorce, that isn't always so easy. Um and especially if kids are seeing less of one of you, um, if you're sharing your parenting time, they may be seeing less of one of you than they were before. So she seems to be adjusting nicely to that. Um, so congratulations on that. Um, in terms of introducing a new partner, the reason I wrote the piece and the reason I caution people is that your children are very attached to you. And that attachment is really important because it teaches kids about relationships for the rest of their lives. And when you bring a new relationship in, if that relationship doesn't go well and it ends, your kids lose another attachment. And for some people, it could be one attachment after another. Um, just to share a little bit about my story, my ex-husband had 10 girlfriends after he and I separated. And many of them actually moved right into the house and then the relationships ended. And it was really, really hard for my kids. They were, um, I had three kids and on the time that they were with him, they really struggled with these sort of one loss after another. Some of them they were quite attached to and others not so much. Um, but I do think it's had a lifelong impact. My kids are now in their 30s and 40s. So I've been watching this evolve over time. So it's that question of serial losses, one loss after another. So uh, my bias is that when you introduce a child to someone new, that you are pretty sure, as sure as it's possible to be, that this person isn't going to go away. Um, and there are a lot of reasons. It's not just protecting your kids, but if they're not in a good place when you introduce them, or if they've suffered other losses, then they will sabotage your relationship. Um, they will uh, turn against the person you're introducing her to. Um, they can do, when my dad introduced my sister and me to a new girlfriend, my sister went in the bathroom and painted honey on the toilet seat. That was, she was like seven years old. That was her way of expressing that she didn't want somebody else in our dad's life. It, it, she felt threatened and jealous and um, it wasn't a good thing. So maybe that kind of answers your question a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if 
let's say someone is dating and they're not super serious, but they like the person. Is it ever appropriate or what's your feeling as far as just introducing the person? Not like, hey, this is my girlfriend, but it's like, hey, this is daddy's friend. And it's super informal in a sense. And it's not, uh, hey, this person's moving in. And what are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I think kids are pretty perceptive. So even though they may not put it into words, I think they can tell energetically the difference between how you feel about a friend and how you feel about somebody you're romantically involved with. Um, So I I wouldn't put it past even a five-year-old to at least pick that up energetically. Um, I think when you are sharing parenting time, it's pretty important to focus on your kids during the time that you, that they're with you and that there's plenty of time when they're not with you. I think to have a private life, personal life, I think it's really important that you're able to do that. And that's one of the sort of benefits of having off duty time is being able to develop a new relationship. Um, It happens all the time. The kids already know the person that a parent, may be involved with. It could be the soccer coach or the parent of a friend or, you know, a teacher even. I've I've seen this happen before where kids already know the person. And even then, I think it's important to keep some distance so that your kids don't get overly attached to someone before the relationship is really rock solid. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney show. His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. 
Download Earnin today, spelled E A R N I N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. So it seems the recommendation is to really keep that separate, your, you know, let's say new romantic life in your kids until you feel this person is, is, you say rock solid, like basically you're going to be in a long-term relationship with this person. Okay. Because, you know, you're modeling relationships to your children. I mean, parents are all modeling relationships to their children. So if you are in one relationship after another, that's what your kids are learning. That's their model. And if what you want is for your kids in their future relationships to to feel safe and secure and solid in a long-term relationship, that's what you have to show them. That's, that is where this is partly coming from. Let's talk about how to tell our kids. So we have someone who we envision ourselves being with long-term. How do we approach our kids with the idea and then the introduction of this new partner? Um, it's a, it's such an important question because I think the thing that people don't always do that's really important is tell your ex first. Um, tell your ex that you're going to be introducing your kids to your new partner so that they're not blindsided when kids come to the other parent and say, guess what? Daddy told us about his new girlfriend or we met daddy's new girlfriend or mommy's new boyfriend or whatever. You don't want your ex to be blindsided. And the reason is your kids will pick that up and it will feel terrible to them because they'll see their other parents' reaction, whether it's shock or anger or sadness, grief, it could be any number of reactions. So it's just respectful to tell your ex first. And then when you um, start the introduction, I would start by telling your children that you've been dating, you have a a serious, you'd like them to meet someone that you um, really like. And, um, and be very observant of your children's reactions every step of the way. So they may be curious, they may want to know more, answer questions, but at the same time, your ex can be monitoring their reactions as well, the children's reactions. And then start with a short introduction outside the home in a neutral place. Like when, when I did it with my current husband, we introduce my kids to him in an ice cream parlor. So I always say, try that. That's a great place to take kids. They always love ice cream. And um, have a short introduction there with no physical affection. No, I would be very careful um, monitoring, for example, um, sitting with your kids as opposed to sitting with your new relationship. Um, because your kids will easily feel jealous or threatened. 
And if you go slow, the next meeting might also be in a park or some other public place. And then the next get together might be at the home for a meal. Um, but it, if you go slow and, um, and really watch how your kids are reacting, you'll be able to tell when your kids like this new person, which is, of course, what you hope for. Um, I think of it as levels of intimacy. So meeting someone in an ice cream parlor is a whole lot less intimate than, let's say, brushing your child's hair or tucking them into bed. And those are kind of extremes. But having a new relationship over for lunch is less intimate than having them over for dinner and cuddling on the couch for a movie. So you can see that taking it slow in low, lower levels of intimacy step-by-step step over some time will help your kids adjust and give you the time to see how do they get along? How does your new relationship get along with your kids and vice versa? And, um, and how, uh, how are they adjusting before you start having overnights, before this person starts staying over? I can tell you, I had a, a case once with um, a divorce where the woman moved out of her home with her husband into the home of her new relationship with the children. And that person also had children. So overnight, there were five children in the house and two people who the kids had never seen together before in the same bed. And it caused, you know, major trauma for everyone. And that is what you want to avoid. You want to avoid doing it so quickly that your kids are have no time at all to adjust. So we're checking in with the kids and let's say the kids are acting out. They're not happy about the new situation and they're showing it. What are some ways and, and things that we can talk with the kids in order to make sure that they feel safe and still be able to develop a new relationship? Sure. So first of all, talking to them, how are you doing? How do you like this person? What do you not like if you see your kids are acting out? And for example, I used this example in the blog that I wrote in Psychology Today. Um, if, if the new relationship has sort of unconsciously, unwittingly taken over that child's seat at the dinner table, right? This could be extremely upsetting to a child. But if your child can talk to you and tell you that it, their feelings are hurt because they used to sit next to daddy and now the girlfriend is sitting next to daddy and that's upsetting. If there's that kind of communication, that is ideal. Sometimes it's the ex that will hear it. The other parent will hear that. And that's why it's so important to keep communication open between the two biological parents so that if the kids are sharing their feelings with the other parent, that that can get conveyed. Um, you know, if things are extremely difficult and kids are acting out and they're not willing to talk about it, then counseling is obviously always an option, uh, family counseling. Um, you know, sometimes with kids that are slightly older, like adolescents, they may have a harder time accepting someone and they just may show it by, you know, staying in their room with the door closed, um, staying, uh, avoiding the family dinner table and so on. And if they are unwilling to open up and talk about it, then I would say perhaps some family counseling would be in order. 
And what are some of the things that go on in uh, family counseling? Well, it, that would be up to the clinician to decide how to structure it. So it could be when I worked with families and children, um, I would first want to hear from the children. Then I would want to meet with the parents. I'd want to get a, a sense of what the situation is, what the problem is. Depending on the age of the child, I might just want to meet with the parents. Um, I think when a child is acting out, it's very often something that I need to work with the parents around. Um, and sometimes it's a family session, which would mean bringing everyone together and clearing the air, um, brainstorming solutions, finding some ways to strengthen the connection, um, focusing on, on strengthening the relationships. What are some other major hurdles? I, I mentioned earlier in the show, Stella, you know, she'll ask, it hasn't happened in a while, it wasn't often, but, you know, why mommy and daddy don't live together anymore? Or she'll, she'll say, like, I, I want you to live at mommy's house a handful of times. And I'll just explain to her as formally as I can, you know, treat her like an adult, not like a little baby and say, you know, mommy and daddy are friends now and, and we were married and we still love each other, but we don't live together anymore. And I don't know how that registers with her. It seems, I, I think it's still a bit above a six-year-old's, you know, full comprehension. But yeah, could you maybe uh, give some guidance there? Sure. First of all, um, Kids can get confused really easily. So sometimes kids whose parents get along really well and they can they do family dinners and sometimes even go on vacations together or um, and, and say they still love each other. Then it's really confusing to kids because I've had children say to me, if mom and dad get along so well, why aren't they still married? Um, so I think that's um, kind of I mean, it's sort of a. a a good and a bad thing because obviously it's great for them to see you getting along well. Um, but at the same time, I think it has, the confusion needs to be addressed. What one of the things that you can say to a five-year-old is sometimes mommies and daddies don't live together. And that's just simply a statement of fact, you know, sometimes mommies and daddies don't live together. And then if she is sad is to say, you know, I can, we see that this makes you sad. You maybe miss the times when we did live together, but, but now we don't. Um, and, and so let her have her feelings. Her feelings are fine. And I, I think that even young children never really let go of that deep longing for the family to be together. They can certainly adjust and accept it, but I think on some level, there's always that deep longing that they be together. So I would validate that and say, you know, I, I hear that you wish we were still living in the same house, but sometimes mommies and daddies don't. Um, and, you know, we're still friends and that's a good thing, We but we don't live together. So I think you're saying a lot of the right thing. I think that just the we still love each other can sometimes be a little confusing for kids. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't emphasize that. And I don't think she's too confused, but I could definitely see how that could happen. And on that note, Sarah and I 
occasionally we'll get together and have a meal. Actually, this past Sunday, we all had lunch together. It just worked out that way. I was hanging out with Stella. I said, hey, why don't you meet us? Yeah, and it was nice. And I don't think... I'm just trying to pay attention to Stella and what she says. I don't think that's confusing to her. What are your thoughts on on things like that? I think if she's not confused, it's a gift for her to see you get along so well. I think if she's not confused by it, if if you're relaxed, you and Sarah are relaxed together, then she's going to be relaxed about it. Um, sometimes parents feel like this is something they should do. They should have family dinners or whatever, but you, the tension between them is picked up by the kids. And that's when it's not such a good idea. If your kids are not picking up tension, then um, you're really giving them a gift, showing them that you can be together and not, not be arguing or not have stress. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving Relationship Advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero. Dot co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was hero bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any hero bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H E R O dot C O. Hey, Love Tribe, I have just a few questions for you. I want to know why you are here listening to the podcast. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner 
and you want to feel truly heard? Or are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? Or do you just long for those fun, giggly moments of connection that you used to have at the beginning of your relationship? Well, over the last decade of hosting this podcast, those were the main reasons people tuned into the show. And we get it. We've been there. So we created our course, Spark My Relationship, because we wanted to put those tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. We're offering $100 off our course, Spark My Relationship, which is a self-paced course designed to help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner and have an amazing time doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. So to unlock this special offer of our course, our listeners can visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to get $100 off. That's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. So going back to introducing a new partner and moving forward with that. If we have a kids who are, they're not comfortable, they're voicing their displeasure or they're just acting out through their behavior and we're, we're taking it slow. We're trying to be cognizant of how they're doing. Is there a point where, you know, we have to talk to the kids and, and just kind of say, well, this is how it is. And, you know, obviously could be more detailed than that, but just kind of like, sorry, you don't like this, but this is my new partner and acknowledging their feelings, but, but just kind of moving forward for what feels best for us individually, because I can see situations, especially maybe with older kids where they just are acting out and just really refusing to accept a new partner. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. Um, and it's a, it, it is an important question because you should not have to give up a relationship because your kids don't like the person. Um, but if it, it does come to that where the, your kids are rejecting your new relationship, it should be dealt with um, in a deeper way because it will impact their relationship with you, the parent. So I think that's where talking to the new relationship, the new, the new person that you love and is going to be in your life, um, about how can you work this out? And again, that's where family counseling can be helpful. So I, I can talk about a family I know where the, the stepmother, the children have just never been able to get along with the stepmother. And it's because the stepmother really crosses boundaries. And if in this situation, the stepmother is able to go to counseling with her new partner, with the biological uh, father and go to counseling and talk about establishing some clear boundaries and doing some repair in her relationship with the adolescent kids that that can help ultimately your kids may never accept a new partner and that's just sad i think it's a a new stepmother a new step parent can be a real a really a wonderful thing for kids if it's a good relationship um, so it's worth working on. But that person, this is a whole new adult in their children's lives. That person needs to be willing to do the work 
to establish the relationship and the X needs to support it. Sometimes that's a contributing um, factors that the X is undermining the relationship because there's a loyalty test going on or something. So um, yes, at some point you do say to your kids, look, this person is in my life and she's not going anywhere. And so we need to figure out how to make, how to make it work. And depending on the situation, it means it may mean working with the ex, it may mean working with the step parent, um, it may mean some family counseling. There's a reason kids reject a new person. It's not just, kids don't just do it. I mean, there's always an underlying reason or more than one reason that this is happening and that's what needs to be addressed. I'm also a, a child of divorced parents. And so having that perspective, I feel, has been valuable in in how I approach things with Stella, how Sarah and I approach things. And yeah, I love my parents and I think they've done a great job. I'm not trying to take a shot at them, but I was never kind of sat down with my brother and sister and talked to of like, hey, this is or at least I can't remember. I, I don't think it was anything that formal, but, but Hey, this is a, a new partner. This is what's happening. Kind of, this is what's going on. And now it, it feels like that would, would f- have felt a lot better because I definitely had trouble accepting my parents' uh, partners um, because it, it felt like, Oh, here's this new person. <laughs> now they're in, in my parents' life and now they're in my life. And to be fair, I think it wasn't that blunt. And, but, uh, I think really sitting the kid down, like preparing them, like you said, even counseling is probably valuable preemptively to help kids express their feelings around everything. It doesn't need to be just if there's conflict or, or trouble accepting a new partner, maybe even before the new partner is introduced uh, that could be valuable. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I agree. And for years to come, because when you're when when Stella's in her twenties, she's going to have a whole different take on your divorce, and she may want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know from Sarah and I's perspective. Now it's been very easy. Stella's an easy kid, but she was also five, and now she's almost seven, and she has you know a few questions, but it's really a huge non-issue, at least from Stella voicing it. And we try to ask her how she's feeling, definitely to express herself. And she is, but I imagine as she grows older, like all things, her feelings around it will change and there would be new things to navigate. The way I look at it is kids develop a story about their parents' divorce, about their family. They, they, They have a story. You have a narrative about your parents divorce and your childhood and and Stella and all kids develop a narrative as they grow up about their family and that as parents we shape that narrative to some degree and a lot of it is unconscious how we shape it and a lot of it we don't even know what we're doing that is helping to shape that child's narrative but when they're sitting around with their friends in in their 20s and 30s talking about their family that story is the story that's being constructed now as they grow up. 
So I think that's something to think about as we make decisions about our kids and as we bring new people into their lives. How is this story going to develop for our kids? Well, Dr. Bosch, I think we covered a lot of great things to think about, um, certainly personally and for our listeners. Before we wrap up, are there any things that maybe we skipped over or we didn't talk about that are really important for divorced parents to be aware of? Um, and then we'll wrap up and say goodbye. Sure. Um, well, there's so much. I, I've just written my 85th article for psychology today, and I keep thinking I'm going to run out of things to say. I mean, it's there's so much to talk about, about how to have a good divorce. And so I would encourage your listeners, if they want to learn more about it, to search for my blog on psychology today. My last name is Bouchot, B-U-S-C-H-O, and it's called A Better Divorce on psychology today. I think a lot of their questions will be answered there. Excellent. Well, we'll have the links in our show notes and on our website at idopodcast.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Well, thank you for having me and good luck with Stella. It sounds like you and Sarah are doing a lovely co-parenting job. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, We really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.